We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. to be back with you again myself Morris O'Connor here with you of course until the top of the hour six o'clock and we'd have the Angela said community diary and then talk sports for you after that and of course then seven to eight thirty Kenny Communities in Action with Paul Brophy and the team eight thirty to ten Seamus Brophy the big man himself and then nine until sorry ten until twelve new and old school dance classics with John Moore. Hope I've got all that right. My apologies if I didn't. Anyway, lovely to have you with us, back with us here again on Community Radio Kilkenny City. On Kilkenny today, again, beautiful day out in Kilkenny, so it was absolutely stunning. Um, tremendous day, lovely day to be out uh, having a walk around. I had a gorgeous walk around Castle Park myself down there around lunchtime and the sun was, uh, I wouldn't say quite splitting the stones, but there was a beautiful clear sky and it was sunny and uh, I loved I loved being out. Bit of a cool breeze, but never mind. That was okay. We could uh, keep away from that and wrap up warm. Anyway, uh, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more out of it for the weekend. Now, on, t- on today's show, later on, and today's show, towards the end of the show, I think we'll be hearing from uh, Kathleen, K- sorry, Kayleigh Foran, um, about Kilkenny's first science festival um, that's happening all next week. So we'll be hearing about that towards the end of the show. Um, we don't have any parish news here, of course, today, as, as usual, right at the moment. Um, that's just the way things are until the restrictions from COVID ease and um, churches start to open again. And um, you do remember we did bring you parish news when the churches opened a couple of months ago, but of course that's not happening right at the moment. But we will bring you parish news as soon as we can again. Uh, we'll have a quick look at the weather for the weekend, uh, having mentioned it just a second ago. We will do that. Um, we'll also be hearing from Eveline Welton about a conference that's on on Sunday the 15th of November all about autism um, but to kick us off I think while we're getting Eveline on the phone we will hear I had a chat earlier on today with Paul Fallon from the HSE and Paul is involved in mental health services from the HSE I had a good long conversation with him about a series of forums that he's organising and the whys and wherefores of those so we might have a listen to that Paul Fallon, area lead for mental health engagement in CHO Area 5, of course, here in the southeast. Um, welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City. Lovely to have you with us. Paul, can I just ask you to describe for, for listeners' benefit um, what, what the, whole, the whole role that you're in, mental health engagement, what, what does that mean from the HSE's point of view? Well, it's a, it's a relatively new concept. Uh, you know, I use the word re- relative very loosely because it originated, I suppose, back with a document called Vision for Change back around 2006, 2007, which had uh, lots of very innovative ideas around, say, improving the health service for everybody. But uh, like a lot of things back, back then, 
it was uh, unfortunately put on the shelf due to uh, you know the financial cra- crash around the world. But uh, it wasn't forgotten about. And uh, in uh, 2012, uh, a listening uh, meetings w- were uh, set up all around the country where they asked uh, 1,200 service users, family members, and carers about their impressions of the mental health service. And uh, so they were captured under various themes. And uh, so they got all this information. And then next step was to try to figure out what to do with it. And uh, so to set up a reference group of 13 service users, family members and carers, and they met for a year and they uh, developed a a document called a partnership for change. So it was out of that, that uh, mental health engagement was created. And it's a it's a national program. It's part of the uh, national mental health policy, and uh, so we have the head of mental health engagement, a gentleman by the name of uh, Michael Ryan, and then uh, for each uh, community health organisation around the country, which there are nine, there was a uh, post of an area lead created, of course, which you know I am I am one of them. Um, when they were deciding on that role, on the makeup of that role, it, they felt it was very important that each area lead would have their own lived experience. So, for example, I would be a family member. So, I suppose I would have been one of the people complaining about the health service for a long time because of my experience with my wife. Mm. And, um, you know, so I had that lived experience and my own professional experience, I suppose, would be around exercise therapy. I set up a charity in Galway, which I ran for six years. And my colleagues around the country would be the same way. You know, there would be family members or service users themselves, then, you know, combined with their own uh, professional experience. Uh, so th- this helped us really, I suppose, to um, develop relationships with the people who we were trying to engage, you know, i.e. The service users and family members, because you know, one of the things I found challenging mostly going around the southeast, because I covered the five counties, Carlow, Kilkenny, South Tip, Waterford and Wexford, but talking to people, uh, a lot of people through their experience, uh, felt like they weren't being listened to, that they heard it all before, and so on and so forth. But when they got to speak to me and realized that it's not just a paycheck, that you know, I have been down that road, uh, while my experience isn't similar to theirs, because each experience is unique, mm. but I have felt their frustrations, the anger, mm. and so on and so forth. So that helped us in developing the relationships, and it helped to... Uh, you know, for people to see, well, maybe this is something different. Maybe that if we actually can engage, we can actually bring this forward to the next step. And uh, the first step then was the local forum. So that's where we're at now. And now with, um, of course, in, in the intervening years, uh, you've, you've been enrolled now for a while and also in, in parallel with that, the uh, whole Slauncher Care kind of program and uh, has come along. Uh, is that is this something, this mental health engagement and um, some direct activities in relation to improving mental health services in general, is that a key part of Slauncher Care or how does it fit? Well, yes, um, as you can imagine, Morris, it's... It's ever evolving. You know, we're always trying to say learn and uh, you know uh, follow best practice. And uh, you know, vision for change. Like I said, you know, it was good when it came out, and that's been uh, updated with sharing the vision. And uh, so we're in the process of, I suppose, trying to uh, 
and delve through that and see exactly, you know, what it, what it contains and how we can actually, you know, follow through. And uh, on Solantra Care, which of course is trying to bring the health service more into the community, which I think is very important. So having the health service, you know, as close to the service users as possible. And we, so I think that's very important because one of the things that I found, not just in this role, but in my previous role, that there is a lot of very good stuff going on in most communities around the country. But mm. unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about them, you know, because sometimes people are just trying to get through the day, especially if people are unwell. So it's trying to say, bring people from the community, you know, into the forums and uh, discuss how best to get the word out there, how, ma- how to make it easy for people to access services that are in their community. And uh, so that way, you know, they can actually, you know, I suppose become uh, more resilient or know where to get help when, when they need to and so on and so forth. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're setting up a number of forums. We'll come to the details of when they're on uh, locally here in Kilkenny in a few minutes, Paul. But So you're setting up these kind of consultative forums with uh, mental health service users um, at, at the moment. Is, are they more targeted then around... Um, raising awareness and uh, kind of highlighting accessibility issues to to the existing services uh, as opposed to or as well as maybe um, capturing kind of service users views or uh, perceptions of their own needs are you going to yeah yeah the idea behind them really is i suppose to look at the that lived experience you know the, the voice of the service user and family member and to try and capture the issues like i said you know each issue, you know, it's unique to each individual. Mm. There would obviously be commonality, you know, across, say, you know, areas and regions and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, each experience is unique. But trying to capture that issue and then together with, say, the HSE, whether it's management or frontline staff or, you know, and other community organizations, work on solutions, work on trying to make the service better, uh, mm. sort of service mm. improvement. Uh, so, like, it's not about, say, you know, about complaints or you know any kind of say uh, like we would definitely help people say in um, trying to uh, source out supports within the community but it's really about the issues and the solutions how to make it better yeah and in terms of reaching out to people then um, Paul you know we have some great um, organizations charities involved in, in mental health uh, services and responses here in Kilkenny as you're, you're well probably aware of all of them Chalk Tom obviously locally the Samaritans national organization places like the Involvement Center and the Recovery College are, are you kind of putting the message out about these forums through places like that or, or organizations like yeah those? exactly um, we, we are we are doing that and like we will have uh, flyers and posters and you know social media presence and all that but very very often as i'm sure you're aware it's kind of the word of mouth you know yeah. and you know a few of the things that you mentioned there uh like uh chalk tom doing wonderful work and helping an awful lot of people and um, we are working closely with them now on another project which we hope to roll out in the next few weeks and uh you know the involvement center and the recovery college you know they're really uh, very very good supports for a lot of people you know with the recovery college you know having like say workshops on different things from you know how to cope with christmas to you know anxiety or you know addictions or all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of really good stuff out there so by uh, you know linking in with say you know different say bodies like that and organizations and groups definitely get the word out there you know and try to attract as many people as possible because really what we're trying to do is like say everything is being reviewed because it's all changing all the time so you know, I've been in post now for three and a half years 
And we learned a lot in the first three years, I suppose, with the face-to-face forums. There were challenges uh, as regards even getting people to attend the forums. Because like, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, people you know, felt they've heard it before and what's the point. And, but even logistically, say, because yeah. with the Kilkenny Forum, we would hold that in Kilkenny City. But uh, for people in, say, a rural community who's trying to access the forum, that could be a challenge in itself. But uh, one of the things we found out in the last six months with COVID, six to eight months, is, you know, we can actually do these, you know, like, you know, over Zoom with the new technology. And uh, so people don't have to, you know, actually attend face-to-face. So this is what we'd be looking at. And obviously then down the road is trying to develop, you know, uh, uh, as much as possible these technologies and making them accessible for a lot of people because some people are very new to this and Mm. may not have, Wi-Fi coverage or they may not have the equipment. So trying to address that, but really try to say involve as many people as possible. And just with the review of the local forum, uh, staff members are now invited to attend the local forum because obviously uh, a lot of staff members would have their own lived experience. There mm. are not mm. too many people in the country now, I'd say, that have not been touched by mental health in one way well, or another. Indeed, of course. And, and yeah. it's very important to... Yeah, exactly. But it's very important to involve staff because when you have staff around the table... Sometimes the issues that people are bringing up, there could be a simple enough solution. And rather than having to jump through all the hoops and go from A to B to C to D to actually get the answer, if you have the right people around the table, they may know of a solution. And that can be very empowering for somebody Mm. to feel like, wow, my voice has been heard and this has actually been done. And so that's great to actually get things done like that. So, like the, with with the forums going on, and you mentioned kind of around the, the country, um, which I presume they are all all around the country. Have have you um, been kind of picking up things that you can kind of bring to the table in the forums that you're running yourself, while we're kind of illustrating ideas and thoughts that have come up and re- reflections from service users across the other parts of the country. Now, I know there's always been issues with the HSE around um, the availability or standardisation or coverage of services, and they're often different in different parts of the country. So you have to take that into account but still i'm sure there's um there probably are some good ideas and thoughts coming from other parts of the country uh, outside of this area yeah exactly and that's great that's a like prior to mental health engagement there were some very good organizations uh say locally for example with the consumer panel who were doing great work uh but that was very much say up to the discretion and time allowed for people to get involved say as per the hse but now the mental health engagement excuse me, is a, I suppose, national policy. We have, you know, like bottom up and top down. So we have the local forums. Uh, you saw it's like one per county, but then, you know, we also have an area forum where the local forums would have the opportunity to come together and, uh, you know, share ideas and share, say, what is working in your area? What kind of challenges do you see? And then we have uh, the national office as well that I mentioned, uh, the head of mental health engagement, Michael Ryan, would sit on the national mental health management team as well. So we're at every level of the organization. So, you know, so if we see issues that are coming up all around the country, we can actually raise that to the highest level. So I think a lot lot of people would probably be, yeah, just, I suppose, hoping, listening and thinking, yeah, it sounds like um, you're kind of moving in in the right direction and we're hoping that out of the forums will will come, you know, better better availability of service and better access to service and better awareness, I suppose, from from the the service user's point of view. We better uh, better not forget, just before we let you go, though, Paul, um, you're running a series of forums. You have one for Kilkenny. Um, it's on next Tuesday, the 10th of November, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Um, if anybody wants to, obviously it's online, so they can't go somewhere, but if they want to participate in it, how do they do that? 
Yeah, they can contact our office directly um, through my admin, Bridget Walsh. And uh, if they're registered with Bridget, then she will send out the link to them uh, you know, before the uh, meeting itself. So they will have all the information about how to dial in. And if they want to contact our office for any other issues, if they can't actually join in that night, but they have anything to discuss, they can actually just let Bridget know as well. Okay, we better give out the number then. It's a uh, local number 056, of course, 772 or there's a text number, I think, 086-781-2951. So that's the way to get in touch. Or bridget.walsh at hse. Sorry, bridget.walsh6 at hse.ie. And the uh, listeners can get in touch if they're interested. So next Tuesday evening, 10th November, between 6 and 7.30 p.m. Hopefully um, you'll get a very lively, engaged discussions there, uh, Paul, and... Um, plenty of good ideas and feedback and thoughts and I must, I must say um, on behalf of the listeners I think and ourselves here in the station compliments to the, to the HSE on the way they've um, structured the roles like yourselves and making sure that that lived experience is reflected in in the way kind of uh, services managed and, and planned and thought about I think that's um, that's a good sign things are going in the right direction yeah. with yourselves and your it's colleagues a long, in the HSE. long way to go but it's a step in the right direction as you said yeah. it's, it's a good start so thanks a million for joining us Paul lovely talking to you thanks very much Morris Shopping online? Shop Kilkenny online. Help our local economy bounce back. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Welcome back to Kilkenny today, Morris O'Connor with you as usual. Uh, text number if you'd like to send us in a message or a question about anything, 086-353-7782 of course. It's just coming up to exactly, almost exactly 28 minutes past 5 o'clock and just to repeat the details, the contact details if you're interested in that mental health engagement forum that I was talking to Paul Fallon about there before the break, you can phone 77205910 or 86 086- Seven eight one two five nine one or email bridget.walch6 at hse.ie. Now, moving on, um, if you think about autism, I think when most people think about autism, they're probably thinking their first thing that comes to their mind is a child, and uh, there's probably very good reasons for that, uh, that sort of image to have been embedded in our minds. Um, but come, uh, joining me on the line to kind of put that, try and put that image to bed maybe a little bit, and to tell us about another way and more up-to-date ways of looking at autism, and the organiser and uh, runner of a conference called Awesome, uh, spelled A-U-S-O-M-E. I'm delighted to be joined by Evelyn Welton. Hi, Evelyn. Mark, how are you? I'm very well indeed, and, and how are you? Um, I don't think we've had the pleasure of speaking before, so if you, if you don't mind, Evelyn, be, if, before we get on to talk about um, the, the conference uh, itself, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my I'm based in Cork. I suppose my, my story is that I, you know, didn't know I was autistic until I was 37, so that's about six years ago now. So I was diagnosed as an adult, uh, which is becoming more and more common actually now, I think, because there's more awareness around what it actually is. There's a lot of people being mm-hmm. diagnosed in adulthood. Um, and I I suppose since then, I have done a lot of work trying to change the image of, of, of autism and just up, update people and upskill people. Um, I do a lot of training with teachers and SNAs and, and different organizations. Um, I've written some social skills books for kids because my background would have been a drama, like drama, speech and drama. 
So right. I use those skills then to create um, courses and books for, ch- for parents that they can use at home with their kids um, because our communication is just a bit different say, to people who maybe aren't, mm. are not autistic. So mm. it's just to kind of break down those barriers and, and explain the, those differences, you know? Yeah. And when you got that diagnosis yourself, Evelyn, as you said, you were well into adulthood. Was there a big kind of light bulb? Now I understand what's been going yes. on with me moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes, lots of light bulbs. Um, yeah, definitely. It was just like everything made sense. You know, suddenly it was like, oh, okay, that's why I did this. That's why that's happened. That's why, you know, so it just really everything kind of came together. And I suppose the past few years have been me kind of, I suppose, reconnecting with who I am and kind of finding my way back to my true self because um, I suppose myself, like a lot of other autistic people, don't always you know, we're not we're not kind of free to be ourselves, maybe because the way people, you know, might think we're a bit different or whatever. So we kind of, t- you know, um, I suppose mask ourselves a little bit. So it's it's about re-exploring myself, I suppose, really for the past kind of six years, um, and and meeting other autistic people, which has been a huge part of of I think getting to know who I am and what mm. autism is. Yeah. So, so tell us about the, the conference then. Is there is there based on your own life experience and the kind of work you've been doing in this space for the last few years? Then is there a particular theme to this? It's the second conference I think you've had. This one, of it course, is. been online. Yeah, and no, we have to have it online this year, obviously, because of COVID, which has pros and cons. Look, it means that people can watch it at home and it's that more people can come to it because it's online. Um, last year was the first time ever that there was a conference in Ireland about autism where it was just autistic speakers and presenters you know usually at autism conference there might be like one or two maybe people who who come and tell their story but then what they're saying is often diluted by maybe you know people who are not autistic then coming up to speak on the stage the rest of the day um and i suppose when i you know started exploring autism first i you know i i kind of went to conferences went to events read books all sorts of things and you know the information was kind of just the same it's like the same information kind of just being regurgitated or repackaged in different ways and mm. when I came across what, say, autistic people were actually saying, I found there was a massive gap. So, um, what we're, you know, it's, it's really trying to catch people up now to kind of where, you know, really what, what our understanding of being autistic is. So that's what the conference is about, I suppose. It is, it's unique in that way because it does offer perspectives from nine different speakers who are autistic ourselves, um, you know, and it's about, I suppose, giving people the right information because there's so Mm. much misinformation out there about autism, just a lot of outdated ideas, a lot of myths, um, a lot of medically incorrect information, you know, so it's it's about really just bringing people from the 1950s now up to 2020. Yeah, and what are are those, uh, Evelyn, uh, those most typical kind of negative stereotypes and ideas and images that people might have um, about autistic people that you're trying to kind of dispel and and, and get yeah. away, do away with. Yeah, I mean they're they're just there's there's so many, Morris. I suppose, but I mean, you know, it's it's. But I usually ask people is like, what's your idea of autism? And then I ask them where it's come from. And like, I mean, when you think of autism, it, it is only the kind of medical model or the charity model is basically why people have this idea of or maybe Rain Man or some stereotypical kind of portrayal of us on TV. And that's what people think, that we're kind of wooden or don't have emotions or can't interact. Um, you know, so I mean, there's awful things about just like not having empathy and not knowing how other people are feeling, all of this stuff, which, is, which isn't correct. Um, I mean, the way autism is actually defined is, 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 you know, it's by saying that we have difficulties in communicating. Now, mm. autistic... Hmm? 
like autistic people when we're with each other we don't have those issues and there was some interesting research done on this in Edinburgh University last year you know which shows that actually we don't have any issues communicating it's just the same as non-autistic people don't have issues communicating with each other but it's like any other culture where you meet someone from a different culture there's going to be breakdowns in communication and that's what's mm. been happening but because we're a minority and people have kind of so it's been medicalized um you know a lot of the ideas there that yeah we don't i mean i think not having emotions and not being able to interact and stuff like that are probably the most damaging um you know or that we don't know how to behave or you know i mean a lot of what things have been mixed up with autism as well. Um, you know, this idea that people are severely autistic. You know, I mean, we know now that actually there's no such thing as severe autism. Mm. And I'm not saying that people with autistic people with higher needs don't exist. Of course they do. But we know now that it's not autism. It is like a perceived intellectual disability or a motor disorder. Um, so, you know, that, that idea again that autism is either mild or, or severe is, is completely incorrect. It's really that you can be autistic and not have a whole lot of other issues or you you know mm. same as any other person from any other community say or you can be autistic and have a lot of other issues as well which are going to impact your independence say yeah because you do hear even like in, in popular terminology and references to to people autistic you're there's words like on the autism spectrum is used or the kind of autistic autism autistic spectrum disorder or something which is a terribly negative kind exactly. of connotation to put in people's minds so it, it sounds like um, you'd, you'd probably agree with the the idea that the, the, the whole space around um looking after people with and accommodating people in society with with autism is far too medicalized then well, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it, it, we've moved away. Well, some people have moved away from the word disorder. But I mean, the way I mm. explain this to people, Mars, and, and to make in a way people understand is that if you were part of the LGBTQ community, you know, I mean, to be it was considered a medical, a medical, a mental disorder only up as, up until the 1970s. And that's what we have to remember. It was a medical disorder. You were diagnosed as with sexual deviancy or I can't remember the exact term up until the 1970s and actually it was in the ICD which is international kind of list of mental disorders up until the 90 I think it was 92 mm. you know so yeah, no. I mean we're just following in those footsteps as the autistic community saying you know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with yeah. us there's nothing to medicalize it's just really a lot of misinterpretation of kind of what we do you know or what yeah. we and in a way, I suppose if there is a spectrum at all, it's a spectrum of kind of behaviours and personality traits that all of us are on somewhere. You but know, that's it. It's a human spectrum. Yeah. We're all different. You know, we all have yeah. different different dreams and personalities and environments and parents and, you know, families and, and, and everything. So, of course, we're all going to be mm -hmm. different. Yeah. So just tell us, um, Evelyn, uh, just about the conference itself uh, for the moment. It's online anyway on November 15th. Um, who have you got coming along and what will they be talking about? Yeah, so we have a great lineup of speakers, and um, we have from Ireland we have Owen Stevens. So Owen is psychotherapist by profession, so he's going to be talking about his own experience as a professional as well as being an autistic adult. So that's going to be very interesting. And also we have Melissa Murphy. So Melissa is in Galway, and Melissa is an avid reader, so she's basically read so many lots of books by autistic authors because this is the thing right because we're really trying to push the idea especially say to parents of maybe their child has just been diagnosed or they're new to the community or maybe their child's you know diagnosed a long time and they're looking for new information and fresh ideas so melissa will be giving an overview of different books by autistic authors that she'd recommend 
um, we'll have a panel discussion on neurodiversity, which is, I suppose, this idea that, you know, actually we're supposed to have, you know, we have different brains in the world. That's, you know, neurodiversity don't includes we, everybody. Don't, don't we just? Yeah. yeah you know, I think we, we all know you know, that. Yeah, but, you know, it's not a new idea, but again, no. it's kind of like that there, there isn't one right way to think or one right way to be. And, you know, yeah. what we've been doing is kind of saying there's a standard brain and then, you know, anything that deviates from that is wrong, whether you're dyslexic, dyspraxic, intellectually disabled, instead of actually looking at what people are capable of. So anyway, that's mm. going to be a really interesting discussion on that. Um, and we also have Frank Ludwig, um, Frank uh, will be talking about the necessity of autism. Um, that's an interesting concept. What yes. does that mean? <laughs> yes, because I mean that's I mean we're natural problem solvers. We're inventors. We're creators. You know, I mean that we're yeah. highly empathetic. You know, the world needs people like us. But that's yeah. obviously okay. very much against what we hear all the time about autism. Well, that sounds like a very positive way of putting it. Um, and then I, I believe also just to get back to the what I said, uh, my introductory remarks about people's often thinking uh, autism, child and stuff. You do actually have a younger voice coming along for the conference as well, I don't do. you? I'm delighted this year because I didn't have a child last year and um, I worked with kids for 20 years, so it was really important. So I have Dara Tracy, he's from East Cork. So um, Dara is going to be, well, we're, we have a recorded because um, I think he'd have been under pressure on the day. So we have a record and he'll be helping me to open it as well. With the, um, so he'll be presenting on the day as well. So Dara is 11. Um, so he'll be talking about his experience and how his mind works. And I think it's really important that we include children because, you know, sometimes we just forget to ask them. Hmm. Hmm. You know, yeah, and where where do you see this the kind of the awareness raising and uh, advocacy and activism that you're you're currently engaged in, Evelyn, leading to? And we we do know. I think a lot of people would know that um, one of the other uh, prominent um, organisations in the country is headed by the brother Adam Harris of the former um, health minister Simon Harris. So That's right. great connections in there with the with the, the political establishment. Um, are, are, is there something you're you've got particularly on the agenda that you'd like to achieve through the, the political process? <laughs> oh, is this a question? Where do you where do you want me to start? Is it? It's where do you want me to start? There's okay, so well, much. Give us one or two, anyway. There is so much. Well, I mean, one of my personal passions would be, um, I mean, to combat behavioural therapies for autistic children because um, they're actually recommended by our government. There was a report in 2018 signed off by Simon Harris recommending ABA, which is Applied Behavioural Analysis, um, and you know it's promoted by a lot of charities here in Ireland and. We know that it, there's actually evidence, mounting evidence there to say that it's cause, it actually causes trauma and PTSD and complex PTSD in children who have been subjected to it. So um, basically the autistic community all over the world is campaigning to stop this. Um, but it's, 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 it's been around, I suppose, for you know, decades now and it's kind yeah. of um, marketed so well as kind of an yeah. evidence-based therapy. Um, and there have been schools founded on that basis as well with ABA. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and I, I, and it, you know, I suppose it's very hard to kind of, I mean, really do what we're trying. I, I do a lot of social media to try and raise awareness of this, and any chance I get, <laughs> I will raise this, you know, or even the right. training sessions I do because, again, it's all based on misinterpretation of and, and lack of understanding of what what an autistic person is actually doing. And I actually interviewed um, um, somebody in the US only two weeks ago. The videos on YouTube, if anybody wants to look up. Evelyn and, and JJ, J-A-Y, they'll, they'll come across it. And their experience was just horrific of, of like, mm. ABA. She, they didn't speak when they were a child. 
until they were 12. Um, but, you know, they're a teacher now. Again, it's just a very interesting conversation because it just shows that yeah. therapists thought that, that they weren't capable of learning, you know, words or, or interacting and that their cognitive ability was at a certain level, whereas actually they were able to read since they were one and a half. Mm. Uh, right. You know, so this is the thing, I suppose, you get that sort of insight. So just back to, sorry, so we, we better leave you, um, I think, uh, Evelyn, if you don't mind, just be, but be the one crucial thing we do need to mention yes. to listeners is how they can actually sign up or join in with the conference. Absolutely, sure. So it's uh, awesometraining.com. So that's awesome, A-U-S-O-M-E, training.com. So our website's just up now this week, new, and um, the conference, if you they go to the conference section, they'll be able to find out more about speakers and sign up for it there as well. Great. Look, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Evelyn. I hope the uh, conference, awesome um, training conference um, on the Sunday, November 15th goes really, really well. And I'm sure it'll be a very enjoyable, engaging experience for um, anybody who joins in with it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Morris. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was um, Evelyn Welton, who's... uh, involved in the organiser. She's been working, as she said, in uh, autism awareness and uh, advocacy and stuff for a number of years, and she's organising the Awesome Conference on um, Sunday, November 15th. You can go to awesometraining.com, that's A-U-S-O-M-E, training.com, and get the details all on there. And it's now uh, 43, nearly 44 minutes uh, to, well, sorry, past five o'clock, so um, 16, 17 minutes to six o'clock. It's about time we took another ad break, and we'll be back with um, Kaylee Foran to tell us all about um, this year's, or in fact, it might be the first even Kilkenny Science Festival, which is happening next week. So do stay with us, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes just after these. The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 88.7 FM. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And welcome back to today's Kilkenny Today, just coming up to about uh, 12 minutes to six or there or thereabouts, and you're here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Lovely to have you with us. As usual, uh, um, joining me on the line now is Kaylee Foran, who's I'm going to chat to about uh, something uh, Kilkenny's, I think, very, very first ever um, science festival, which is happening next week and happening in conjunction with um, National Science Week, which is an initiative, I believe, of Science Foundation Ireland. So, welcome to Community Radio, Kilkenny City, Kaylee. Lovely to have you with us. Hi, Morris. It's lovely to speak to you this evening. Great to be on. Great. Great, no, delighted you were able to, and thanks for hanging on the line there for a while. Yeah, Kilkenny's very first um, science festival, I, I suppose, is it a, an opportunity or a challenge or a pity or a shame or a delight that it's actually all online this year because of the pandemic? So, yes, this is Kilkenny's very first dedicated science festival. Calma, the organisation which is running the science festival, has been running in events in Kilkenny for a number of years, but this year... We are running its very own science festival. As you said, there has been a number of challenges this year, but, you know, we haven't let it stop us. Like many people in the country, we've pulled up our socks and we've rose to the challenge. So we have compiled a huge array of events for this year's Kilkenny Science Festival, and it all kicks mm. off tomorrow. So yeah, before we get on to that, just just, uh, just stick, I suppose we better stick with the pandemic theme for the moment. Um, was, the, was the original plan that it was going to be, a, like, take place physically, like in venues around the, the city and the county? Yes, it was indeed. So normally we would have our events in schools, in libraries, in community settings. 
But unfortunately this year we couldn't do that, but we still tried to maintain our links with the school and with the community. So we've tried our best to work with the Kilkenny Libraries, Kilkenny Council and Kilkenny Leader Partnership to do that as well. Fair to do, but like, like everything else then, you had to reinvent the whole business model to take it online. Yeah, we had indeed. There has been a few hiccups here and there, but overall, you know, everyone has been great. And I think there's been great support from the commute the community, from the Kilkenny people themselves and from the organisations. I think everyone is just, you know, everyone wants to keep this going and it's such a fantastic initiative that everyone has worked really hard to do so. So we've had to invent a little bit, but we are still doing a lot of workshops online. We are doing workshops with schools directly. We're going to be making loads of slime. We are going to have a family fun day that is kicking off on Sunday and the very, very first event for Science Week is going to be kicking off tomorrow with a family fun science scavenger hunt that's starting at 10am with Steve Sherman. I tell you what then, normally we'd wait till the end to tell listeners about how to get involved or connect with with something like this but because there's something starting as you say, um, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, maybe we should tell listeners how they can um, find out what's going on or how they can register to get involved. Do they have to do that or where they Uh, can watch or how they participate? What do they do? So the best way to get involved is to go onto our website, which is stemkilkenny.ie, so S-T-E-M-Kilkenny.ie, and all the information that the listeners will need will be on that, and then they can go and register from the events from there. Okay, so let's kind of have a, have a have it, the web, that web page up in front of me as it happens. So, um, Kaylee, we might kind of have a quick run down through some of the events. As you mentioned, um, kicking off tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with something called a scavenger hunt. So this is all everybody in the family and running around their own houses um, scavenging. So it sounds like either fun or bedlam or something <laughs> in between or both. Yeah, so it's going to be a mixture of both. So it's basically fun for all the family and Steve has set up a series of creative and fun experimental science workshops and all the family will have to do is get a photo or a video and submit that to Steve to be crowned the champions of champions so there'll be lots of running around the house and the garden and things like that to try and come up with the best things you can on Sunday then we also are running two events with the National Reptile Zoo so they are taking their very own Zoom Zoo to the comfort of your own sitting room and they'll be able to show you all the different animals and you have to get up close and personal with them. We are also running a workshop on the science of dragons, which is really, really interesting and it's oh. based on the book. Wow. <laughs> it's based on the book How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, and yeah, then it's we- a very well-known book. Yeah. yeah, very well-known. I think your listeners will definitely have heard it. Yeah, a lot of them will have heard it or read it, yeah. And then yeah. we also have a couple of shows for the younger children, which are all about the fun of bubbles and, of course, how to make the best bubble possible. And that is at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. And then we have an illusion show with Dr. Ken, and he is one of the best science communicators that we have out here. Illusions? So what, what sort of illusions? Are these, this is magic or tricks or something? Yes, yeah, so it it's like? a series of magic and tricks, and it's all done with mirrors. So you can easily get it done from your home as well, but you'd be very surprised. It's very interactive. It's very good. Oh, so you supply your own mirror and you can participate and join in and see all the join in with the fun and see all the tricks. I see also that um, one of the other events that's on listed, uh, I think, for uh, is that Sunday um, around lunchtime. Uh, lots and lots of listeners are going to be very, very familiar with the Discovery Park in Castlecomer. 
and the huge long uh, zip line and the tree walk that's there as well. So there's actually a thing all about the science behind um, the zip line. Yeah, indeed. So we had teamed up with Castlecomer Discovery Park to basically go through the science of zip lining. And then they are also running a talk as well on the fossils in the Castlecomer Plateau. So the science of zip lining is going to be on Sunday and that's going to be on social media. So you can check that out on Facebook or on Twitter. And then you can register for the talk about the fossils, which is taking place at 5 p.m. the following Saturday. Hmm. And like with with lots, with so many different things on, um, Kelly, t- during the week, um, I suppose it's it's possible that some of the listeners are kind of very interested in, in doing as many of these things as they can, but they might miss some. Are they are they going to be recorded and people will be able to play them back later on? Maybe if they miss them live. So we are hoping to have some of the shows recorded, which will be available for the duration of uh, Science Week. And they should be available on our website, but it's not all the shows, unfortunately, just some here and there. Mm. I see there's also mention of a, a, a quiz, uh, which I think is you're, you're pitching specifically at transition years. Yes, yeah, so we have two quizzes this year. We have one for TY, uh, TY students, and then we have one for primary school students as well. And then one of the key features of both quizzes is that different schools will be comp- uh, competing against each other to be crowned the champion of champions. So they will be schools from all over Kilkenny and the southeast region working together to participate in that. And they are taking place on Monday and on Friday. So if any teachers are out there that are interested, they can check out the STEM Kilkenny Mm -hmm. site and they can register through that. And they can find out which is which, like is the TY one Monday or Friday? So the TY one is Monday and then the primary schools is Friday. Okay, so it sounds like great fun for those. Um, are there prizes going with being the champion of champions? Or how does that work? So is it all just about joining in or having a bit of crack while you're having a good quiz? So we are hoping to have some very special prizes, but people are going to have to register to find out that. Okay, okay. And it sounds very much like as if um, very, very carefully thought out and that there's kind of something for everybody at all stages of life in all of this, Kaylee, that there's no nobody going to be left out Yes, so there is indeed. So we have tried to have a well-rounded festival. So we're going to do all areas of science, technology, engineering and math and for all age groups. You know, it's not just for schools or for primary or secondary. We also have an initiative as well that we're currently running with Kilkenny Library. So we will be delivering a bulb flower packs for older people cocooning and that will have expert tips on how to care for your bulbs and that is developed by horticultural lecturer Yvonne Grace from Waterford Institute of Technology and it's a fantastic initiative that has been developed with Kilkenny Libraries just to bring, you know, something different to people that may not be able to get out and about too much. Oh, that sounds like a great idea because I think it is uh, my limited knowledge of um, gardening and flowers. I think I think it is a good time, isn't it, for planting bulbs around about now? So it sounds like a perfect opportunity to do something like that. Yeah, so they are going to be a uh, spring bulb packs. So, yep. Yeah, now, as you said, this is the perfect opportunity to plant them, and they can be planted. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a garden. You can plant them in just a pot and have them in your home as well. So you're not leaving anyone out in that regard. They can be done at any time in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, um, I suppose it's um, it's a bit of a pity, and there's nothing that you can do really about this one, Kaylee. That um, there there are of course people uh, of of all age groups and in different places around about the city and the county who may not have particularly good broadband or not great with with um, getting online or technology and stuff. So I suppose unfortunately because of the pandemic, um, you know, there may be some people who might not be able to participate as well as as they would have if the events were, as you say, in the in the libraries or in the schools or in other places physically around the county but there's, there's, there is really precious little you can do about that so maybe people would could be encouraged to help one another out and uh, while still observing the uh, COVID pandemic restrictions. You know, exactly and I think everyone and myself included you know we're very mindful of the fact that we need to keep an eye on ourselves and our neighbours and our loved ones and just even just to pick up the phone and have a conversation and you know that can always be a science conversation as well you can talk about you know, the lovely flowers that are going about. You can talk about, we've got a talk on the science of happiness. You could talk about how to look after one another and keep an eye on one another. And, you know, as you said, it is good just to check in with everyone and to make sure everyone is okay in these hard times. So loads loads of brilliant ideas on stemkilkenny.ie anyway, the science festival starting 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and uh, events on throughout the whole week. Are you a scientist yourself, Kayleigh, by the way? Are you... You know what? I am not a scientist by trade, no. but I just have a very healthy uh, intuition. So I'm always kind of trying to figure out how things work and always getting my nose stuck in. But no, unfortunately, I'm not a scientist by trade. But you know, that hasn't stopped me. And I think for all for all the world, it's definitely been a help rather than a hindrance. Sounds, sounds like as if you might have made a good scientist if you've got a curious inquiring <laughs> mind anyway. Look, it's been lovely talking to you anyway, Kelly. Thanks very much for joining us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City and uh, hope you enjoy the week as well as um, all the listeners and everybody else that joins in. Thanks very much, Morris, and it was lovely have, talking to you today. Have a nice day. Okay, take care. You too. Have a great weekend, Kaylee. So that was Kaylee Foran, who's um, an organiser behind um, the Kilkenny Science Festival, which, of course, is supported by the County Council, the Leader Partnership, and is part of an initiative of the of Science Foundation Ireland, where they're doing science festivals um, all around. I think 14 of them all around um, the country, um, all, all presumably happening next week. So it sounds like a great idea anyway. And uh, you can find out more um, if you are fortunate enough to be able to get online and have good broadband and all of that. You can go online at stemkilkenny.ie and find out all about that science festival and as Kayleigh was telling us the very very first event starting um, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock a scavenger hunt around the house so that'll get you up and active anyway on a Saturday morning and it sounds like as if the weather is going to be good anyway that's all I have time for today thanks a million to Declan Gibbons for manning the desk for me I'm here in the Raidstown studio as I have been have been for the last couple of weeks thanks also to Anne Nolan for helping me push this show together and uh, thanks to my guests there, Kayleigh Foran and uh, before her, Evelyn Welton um, and then Paul Fallon as well from the HSE. It's been lovely talking to them all today. I look forward to being back with you again for another Kilkenny today on Tuesday next. So in the meantime, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the weather while it stays good and uh, stay safe and take care of one another. Talk to you then. Bye.
We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.